Hi everybody, and welcome to the second annual. Well, maybe they'll do more often than annually. Annual. Yeah, at least twice a year. Double Fine Action Cast. Lee, will you do some uh, intro music? Sure. Sound like green sleeves. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was green sleeves, and it's so not copyrighted. Well, it's like a thousand year old dude. We are uh, here with some people who I will allow to introduce themselves. Please state your name and who you are and what you do, starting here. Hello, I'm uh, Kichi. I'm a gameplay programmer on uh, Stacking. Well, um, hi, I'm Levi Riken, and I uh, am working on Stacking as an artist. I'm Lee Petty. Uh, Musician and uh, <laughs> green sleeves aficionado and uh, project lead of stacking. And um, I'm Tim. I'm the president of Double Fine Productions, uh, and I'm uh, also the moderator of this exciting podcast. I'm going to be doing some very strict moderation wow. to make sure that we're done in half an hour, hopefully. Yeah, right. I'm sure it'll be as successful as our half an hour meetings are here. So we are going to, now that we, let me check that off, we've introduced people. We have uh, three members of the stacking team here. Oh, and also Greg is hiding in the background, but we're not going to say he's here because he's going to be as quiet as a mouse. We're not allowed to make eye contact or refer to yeah. Greg directly. Please don't look at Greg. He's oh just, my god, I, I, I feel like I have to look at him. Don't, don't look at him. He likes that. He's going to go for We are going to have some news at the beginning and then discuss topics that have been suggested by people here. And then we have the action mailbag, which may have questions from you, the uh, action cast listener. Okay, you guys prepare for that? Hit the one, there's one listener. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get ready for the Double Vine action news. Needs another. Oh, another. Jeez, uh, uh, you caught me off guard, Tim. I, I don't have like a whole. Levi, theme music, please. Oh my Fire. God. Oh, yeah. oh. Levi promoted Levi. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Okay, there's uh, stacking previews up on the web. Do you know where? Where's the good previews that people can look to to see all about stacking? Uh, I have no favorites. I love all of the press. Oh, gosh. We just went to the um, PlayStation <laughs> blog team. Right? Yeah, we, yeah, we uh, gave a little demo for the uh, PSN blog guys, and I, yeah. I think they're going to be posting that shortly. We were in New York City, where we were interviewed by a bunch of people. But we did actually do a stage demo of stacking, and um, I'm sure a bunch of people, everyone's posted it, but I did see that Game Trailers had uh, filmed that presentation, edited down a succinct They were filming that? Yeah, I didn't know that oh either. Oh my god, I was totally picking my nose were the whole thing. And then, oh, silence after that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not again, Tim. I thought you were yeah, cutting well, down on that. I didn't mention it. Stacking has an official release date. Do I have these dates right? Yes. I just got a, my memory is not what it used to be. February 8th on the PlayStation Network and That's February 9th. Tuesday and Wednesday on XBLA. For religious reasons, those two groups honor different days as the birth of games. That's right. <laughs> Um, well, that's really that's exciting. That's really soon. Wow. Yeah, soon. It's going to be in hands. Are you guys done with it? We're just about done with the design for the last one. I thought it was out. I played it already. Well, we're still <laughs> working on our pillars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game design joke. 
Pillars. <laughs> Had anyone heard the word pillars in game design before this year? I'd never yes. used that before. It was a it was a big uh, hot button buzzword at my uh, old company. Oh man! Did you know that you can get Caution Quest download cards at GameStop? What? Yeah, I'm just selling Caution Quest right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of the things about doing download game now is frustrating. You can't sell signed copies. You can't. You can't give someone, it's hard to give someone the gift of, of downloadable games, but they have these little cards at GameStop release that are printed with a cute little Costume Quest graphics, and you can buy them, and um, it has a code on it for you to download the I game. I saw one, and I wanted my Visa card to look like that. I know, Costume Quest Visa, I, wouldn't that be great? They just give me, like, American flags and uh, sunflowers, and i the Kardashians so sick of that Van Gogh one, but man, that Costume Quest Visa, that would... Just get the card, tape it to the front of your radio. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Jam it up in everybody's. Uh, <laughs> it's accepted machine. anywhere. Uh, we have, this is in the store, we have stickers for Costume Quest. I don't know if you know about that. But Ooh. they're going to be bundled in with this Costume Quest button pack. But we may just give them away with any order. If that's, I say that here, then we kind of have to. That's assuming that people that like buttons really like stickers. Well, people like Costume Quest also like Costume Quest, is kind of the theory. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like stickers? Yeah. Who would be offended by I stickers? Le- Levi apparently. I love stickers. I have a lot of stickers at home. I don't like deciding what to put my stickers on. Le- because <laughs> I like stickers. <laughs> it's the hardest thing for me. So, if you buy something from the store, let's just say you'll get stickers. We also have a bunch of Brutal Legend stickers that we found in a box. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We're going to have a whole new sticker policy. Let me just say there's going to be a lot more stickers in your life soon. Um, Costume Quest won some awards. Mm-hmm. It won. I'm holding it right here in my hand. PlayStation, the official magazine. And it has PSN Game of the Year Costume Quest. Woo! That's exciting, right? Two um, Game Developer Choice Awards. Oh, do you remember what they are? Silent Partner. Best writing and download. Silent Partner. <laughs> Not quiet, partner. Silent. <laughs> best writing, which I totally agree with. And what? Best downloadable? That's a great category. They should have that in more award shows. Thank you, Silent Partner. That was Greg. He's not really here. I looked at him. You made eye contact with him. Strictly forbidden. That's like inviting. Did you see Paranormal Activity? Okay. Don't invite Greg into your house. One of G4's Funniest Games of 2010. Unwinnable.com, Game of the Year. Wait, so you won something? That's the most unwinnable game. (laughs) We won something from unwinnable.com, which is great. And also, does that mean we're the hardest game of the year? We're the most unwinnable? I believe so. Because Costume Quest is not the hardest game of the year. Well, yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) One of Wired's top 20 games in 2010. Nice. Yeah. And I'm sure a whole bunch of other awards that I can't think of right now. Now, there's something else in the store that I don't know. It's stacking related, which I'm not sure. It's almost too cool to announce. This is going to be for sale in the store. What if I just make the sound in a mic? That's pretty awesome. Can you guys see what it is? Are you impressed? Here's another sound. Oh, what was that? Oh. Here it is again. Oh. Now how much would you pay? Oh, it's like the sounds are getting tinier and tinier. Oh, the last one doesn't make any sound when I shake it. Okay. Those are all your hints. Okay, I'm going to make a guess. I think they are Russian nesting dolls based on the game stacking. You're correct. That's right. <laughs> These are the most awesome things I've ever seen. 
and uh, they're uh, they're actually made in Russia, yeah. hand painted as well. It's a combination process. There's hand painted elements and elements that are directly from our game textures. Greg figured out how to. I don't know anyone in Russia. Somehow, Greg. Did we find out if it was child labor or not? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it was child labor. I mean, you're sticking with a stack of teams. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So the biggest doll, just like in the game, is the Baron. He's got to hold his hat for technical reasons, but yes. it's a Baron. And then inside that is the hazmat suit from the uh, Zeppelin, right? Yes. And that's nice. He's got, yeah, from the front and the back. And then, oh, inside that is the seductress, a.k.a. Uh, the Widow Chastity. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's looking very nice. And then Levi the Hobo. I love that dog. You know, I just realized <laughs> is that he's got the same name as someone here. Hmm. As... Why did you base a character? Hobo? I don't want to jump ahead there. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> I, is well, it you know, is character similar to Levi? I was like trying to come up with character names, and uh, Levi and I sit next to each other, and I was like, "Who here has a bad personal hygiene, eats out of cans, and has a dubious relationship with a small boy?" Whoa, Levi! That's who. <laughs> it looks a little bit like Levi too. It's <laughs> one a little bit, but it's dressed a little better. That's Levi the hobo, and then surely that must be the smallest doll. Oh no, there's another doll inside. It's little Charlie Blackmore. He's so cute. <laughs> That kind of, that little doll shape makes everybody look super cute. Everyone should, well, I think. It would be really disturbing though if people in real life had that silhouette. <laughs> Something non-threatening about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No so hard anyway, edges. Can't these, poke an eye out on a doll. I'm not sure how much these are gonna cost yet, but they're probably like, I would guess about $5 million. Because they're pretty <laughs> awesome. But they're when gonna do they go be, on sale, Tim? <sighs> maybe after this podcast goes up. We'll see. There's not that many of them. I'm starting to feel worried that there's a toy based on me and it's going to go into the hands of lots of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of people have been They're dreaming. starting to have those flashbacks of that scene in Spaceballs where uh, Dark Helmet's <laughs> playing with the toys and uh, he gets broken in on. Are you worried that people are going to use it as a voodoo doll type thing? They might do that. They might, yeah. I'm worried that Levi could actually be a choking hazard. And I don't mean Levi. I mean, he might be a choking hazard for all I know. But I'm talking about the... Uh... Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Action discussion time. <laughs> do, 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 do. Kichi, time for your theme music. Go. Incorporate the themes of discussion as well as action into a song. Yeah. And start. Do. That's the worst <laughs> song. I bring Tasha back in, you guys. Minimalist. Terrible. Good. Good. Yeah, it's a it's a more simple approach. Okay, we all have, all four of us came up with a topic, and all four of us are going to answer. How do you like that structure? Mm. Mm. The first topic suggestion was from Key. Key, would you like to read your question? Yes. So, um, what was a feature of some portion of a game that you worked on in the past that you kind of wish that you could maybe go back and take a time machine and kind of work on a little bit more? Um, so okay, I, that was not the approved text of that question. Oh, totally sorry. like... Did you actually go back and spend a bit more time I think I get the gist of it. <laughs> totally, I like this, uh, off the rails, this so. change with the time machine in it. That's yeah, that's a good, that was a good ad. Right. So it's kind of a, right a morose, Would you see sad you question. Well, about regret. <laughs> Who is going to... I'm going to start with this. A feature or something, a portion of the game you worked on in the past that you wish you could go back and spend a bit more time on. There was this thing we were going to do in Brutal Legend with a tutorial of Brutal Legend where uh, we were going to really lead you through the stage battles and give you the option of leaving that on during, do you remember this? It was going to be like the Mangus helper 
Like Mango's gonna be like, hey, what if I just take care of building the, the guys for you oh, and send yeah, it to yeah, where yeah, you yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were gonna get the option of like, do you want Mango's help or not? And then if you didn't want his help, it would be kind of like what the game is now. But if you left his help on, um, he would handle basically the strategic part of it for you, right. and you would just do the action part. Which, it, but we didn't have time for it. And if we did do it, those people who freaked out when the game got good halfway through and the, the great part of the game started probably would have enjoyed it a lot more because they would have been able to let Mangus handle it. Oh, that's right. Because we had the AI working for yeah. the skirmishes. Yeah. You can, you know, we could have turned that on. That's my answer to that question. Yes. Here's my answer. Who wants to go next? Key? Uh, well, following along that, um, I worked on Meat Circus. Whoa! He was done. I remember that. And we were like, this is great the way this game ends. It's perfect. And then Key says, I know. Let's add one more layer that's really crummy and no one will like. Do you remember that? Yes. No, you, you worked on it, but let's... Uh, I, I think we just didn't have time to balance a lot of the issues with it. Um, I like Meat Circus a lot. Yeah. New side powers. It's got... Uh, it's got a couple bugs, obviously, because the programming talent on it was a little <laughs> junior. Right? That, that part was done, done by Joe Verskis. There was this part where you didn't know you were supposed to use invisibility, which would have made it like when your dad's throwing stuff at you, that would make the whole part super easy. Right, right. And then there's that part where you're going around the cage that everybody hates because the damage area on the flame is too big and because the camera's broken there. Yeah. The camera's supposed to follow you around yeah. the outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the really tricky. The rail is it the rail slide? Is that too hard for people? I think. Or is it is it the is it the amount well, of times that little Oli says my face? <laughs> that too, that too. But there was also a time, you know, like the upside down um, ladder thing when you're sliding down. Yeah. If you caught that at the wrong time, you like plunge into the water. Like ultimately, a lot of these bugs that if we, I think we did meat circus last or very much at the end. So if we just had a little bit more time to. It's really my fault, because near the end, someone said, hey, meat circus is too hard. And I go, really? Let me go ask the testers if it's too hard. And I ask the testers, and they're like, what? I can do it one hand time behind my back. This is easy. And that's what I learned. You should never ask testers if something's too hard. So can we, can we shift the blame to Steve Peck? Is yeah, that, he's is still that here, too. It's yeah. better to blame someone who's not at the company any better. Like, no. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But we can say Steve. He's not here. Or Greg Bryce, because he's over there and he can't talk. I think it's Greg's fault. It is. Does anyone disagree with that? Yeah, no. Okay, good answer, Key. Levi? Um, I'd say, uh, wait, what was the question? Oh my god. What's the question? What was a feature or some portion you of the game that you worked on, on in the past that you wish you could go back and spend more time on? Did you more listen? time? Oh, everything. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, seriously, like, as, as an artist, like, all that stuff in Brutal, I was like, okay, just look at all the other things I have to do and you just move on. You know, you just get to the point where something's, uh, it's done, but you have so much other things to do and you just move on to the next thing. Uh, and also like, as you go on, you look back at things and you think of ways you would do them better. So, I mean, a ton of the concepts that I did, I would, I would totally, I have even more ideas about now, but it's just a matter of doing them and doing what you can at the time. What's I would like name? to. I would like to go back and do some more drawings of Diviculus. <laughs> <laughs> but Diviculus is awesome. You well, mean, and that's why, or you think he needs more work? No, no, no. That was just something that like kicked my ass so hard that I. Oh, the old design for Diviculus with the gold mask and everything. Well, 
everybody had taken a stab at Naviculus. It had gone like Mark Hammer, Scott Campbell, and Raz, and Nathan, and there was a humongous folder of Naviculus drawings before we even got close to it. And then they were like, oh, Levi, it's your turn now that these awesome guys tried and failed. <laughs> You're going to sit here for as long as it takes. And I, I was working on drawings for like And that's when you weeks. put a mask on them. Yeah. We should put a mask on them. No, we don't have to design them. Exactly. <laughs> we were in a room while like someone hovered over you. I you didn't eat for two weeks. <laughs> you had a, it looked cool. I like the gold mask guy. He was kind of like a King Arthur's son in Excalibur. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there was a one guy that looked like the Gungrave guy who had a huge meat cleaver. Remember? He I like the meat cleaver, like, yeah. Yeah, but I wish you had gone back and worked harder on that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Oh, uh, that's a good answer. Okay, Mr. Lee Petty. Do you want me to repeat the question, or were you listening? On my no, phone? I think I can remember the question. Uh, I would say, I mean, I was just thinking about Brutal Legend, and, and likely by there's a lot of things I would like to have spent more time on, but probably the, the area that I think would have contributed most to the game, and um, I spent a lot of time uh, working on the world of Brutal Legend, and I think the uh, we had this idea of what we called, we started calling chill spots, which were, you know, these sort of major mission areas like Blade Hinge and... And, um, you know, to break up the space in between, we needed to come up with something that, like, just hinted at some of the backstory and, and had some of the layers of the like history. Like that dragon fountain. Like the dragon fountain, or um, we had a little graveyard, or we had a lot of these little things that we started calling chill spots. And I would have liked to spend um, a little more time on them, connecting them with the, um, the lore a bit more. And also, um, it would have been nice if we um, spent more time working with design to to kind of make the side quests match up more directly with them. Like, we had a couple. Like, there was, like, taking the kegs to Beer Hinge and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But there were a lot of them that didn't have any missions or any specific gameplay context. And I think they were sort of... They became natural magnets for the player to want to go there and, like, oh, there's got to be something cool to do here. And there really wasn't... Uh, and a lot of them there wasn't. And so I think... Well, I don't know how you chill. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, that doesn't sound like a chill spot. Yeah, that sounds like a... Do like something. Task spot. Yeah. Well, a chore spot. Chore spot. What if, what if you just showed up and it was an, a cool way you could just chill? Like uh, there were like beast girls serving you uh, stuff Ooh. from Beard Hinge, right? Ooh. It could have just been oh. a little cool vignette. There usually was a bound serpent in them. Yeah. And I like how in uh, in the haunted forest and stuff they weren't called chill spots; they're called crying, crying spots, spots yes. because all the uh, <laughs> the sad characters, the goth characters, would go cry there. Yeah, we had we had done some concepts for an awesome crying spot where it was like. Like uh, for the cutters in the audience, you know, we had like little razor blade seats oh. and sad little trees. Let's move on. <laughs> Lee, would you like to read your topic question that you have submitted? Yes. Uh, give an example of how uh, a production limitation in stacking turned out to make the game better. So, there's something we talk a lot about with small games is that you have to uh, um, really focus because you only have a year or less to make these games, and um, and you know. I, the, I guess the heart of this question is, well, how, how do we turn some of those limitations into something that benefited the game that maybe wouldn't have had we not had those limitations? I wonder if I can answer this because I didn't work on it. Not to work on that. Okay, who's going to answer first? Key's going to answer Key, first. what's your answer? Oh, my goodness. Um, a, a part of it, I think we had just not... Part of the production limitation being like we really didn't have voice recording. For the game, but we had the the, the text stuff, um, so we used a lot of the the pipeline from from Brutal with with voice, but just replaced it with the text stuff. And and um, at first it was like wasn't sure if it was gonna work, and plus if it was gonna bit, get a bit too noisy, 
And uh, I think in Brutal, we took it a bit for granted that like a lot of the audio stuff was going to come in and give you the visual, the, the audio cues of where to look next or what was going on. And I think in the game, we ended up using a lot more like camera pans or, or something more visual like cues to kind of focus the player on what to, what to look at next or what was going on. And I think ultimately that ended up making the challenges or some of the portions a little bit easier to understand. We didn't like have some of the audio cues as much of a crutch when it came to like signifying what was going on, making like the challenges a little bit simpler to understand, simpler to understand what was going on. So that was better? Yes. You're saying? For this particular scenario, yes. That's awesome. Okay, hey, good answer. Levi? Um, it's an awesome question because I think I at one point went to a talk uh, at GDC where the guy from Final Fantasy that does the music, who's been doing his music uh, since like NES, you know, like, and now he's gone from doing like 8-bit music to going to do like symphony uh, recordings. And uh, someone asked him kind of the same thing. And uh, he said that he just looked at it in a different way. Like he didn't enjoy it more that he could, you know, it, it didn't really open up that many avenues that he could use an entire orchestra instead of using the three sounds they had on the NES, but he enjoyed that he could make it into a puzzle and get the most out of just using those like small amount of sounds that he can use. And um, yeah, it's totally the same with uh, what we did in a few ways. Like we only have characters that are shaped exactly the same, you know, so mm. all of a sudden you can't play with silhouette, but uh, you have to make every single character, which is what I do. Uh, look totally different so you're like messing with uh, a humongous burly guy is the exact same shape as a little rabbit you know like it's like you have, and then I never I found to, the rabbit it's <laughs> a rabbit I accidentally grabbed the rabbit instead of the giant burly guy <laughs> but you never feel that when you're playing the game you know it totally looks like a giant burly yeah. guy yeah yeah welcome to my so because you were limited that way, you had to just become a better artist. Is what you're I guess so. I guess Not so. like that guy who messed up Diviculus, but the guy, no, no. much <laughs> better artist. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like just that we have the same exact shape for all the dolls, and um, because of that, we also have. I mean, it's really simplified. They're all the same materials. I mean, in Brutal Legend, we had like up to. 12 materials or so on some of our characters and like that was a, a lot of work and we really just the core concept of stacking has really uh, simplified that and not in a way that it lacks in visual looks but it matches the concept because Russian stacking dolls are pretty much the same material across the board so yeah, uh, awesome. yeah it worked out pretty good and I feel like the thing with the voice where it's not recorded voice and that really worked a lot better. I feel like it would be really, really creepy if these things were yeah, talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> For one thing, I'm not animating lips moving. <laughs> okay, Lee. Uh, well, I think uh, kind of building a little bit on the idea of the silent film uh, theme in the game is that you know we wanted we had this idea that early on that we were going to do the storytelling with these sort of silent film, and they are all going to be on a stage play on this minimalist set. And it was, it was just what we did initially in the prototype. And we started uh, developing the full game, and you actually, as a player, travel between different locations. 
you know, there was the natural instinct was like, okay, well, let's show a cinematic of you traveling in an actual environment. And I was like, no, no, let's try it on the stage play. And I think, um, you know, we just try to fit, we, we fit every single thing on this, like, uh, state this this sort of little matchstick stage play. So when you travel, it's like little toys that go across the stage and everything. And I think because we really pushed the um, pushed it to this this level, and it was sort of consistent that way. It, it gave it um, a, a, some charm that it wouldn't have maybe otherwise had, and it also actually benefited the game because because everything sort of takes place on the stage play. It allows the player to you know we have this archive tab in the pause menu which lets you replay any cinematics at any time and since our cinematics are all in real time and we know that they all take place on this stage play it doesn't matter where you are in the world you can just pull up the cinematics at any time and there's not like a long load or anything like that and that um, normally for games that would be an impossible feature because if you know if that in-game cinematic happened to play take place halfway across the world we couldn't let the player do it but in our case it could always work um, so it, it actually um, work to our advantage both in terms of I think personality and also just in giving a player a feature to review these things that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to have. It was in Psychonauts too. You right? stole all my answers. I, I did uh, like that uh, about Psychonauts. Let's see. You yeah, what did you like about Psychonauts? Because we were just uh, talking about how bad I did. I mean, most of the time you have to make Bink videos of the ones or, or something. Or not, not that I am uh, pushing Bink. could use a non-Bink solution for video compression. We're still using it. Not stacking uses no video compression. All of our cinematics, 100% of them are in game. They're all hand drawn on the fly. <laughs> They're hand drawn <laughs> live in your house by Levi. We ship a malnutrition artist in the actual kind of little bits. Oh my god! You guys took Very all simple. the answers, so I wasn't going to talk about the stage plays because it's side film, and then the doll shape, and then the text because some jokes are funnier in text. Mm. You guys took all those. I think, well, another one that you and I always talk about, Tim, is just the idea of, and, um, Could you because... Could down so it looks like I'm answering Yeah, it? this is... Hi, uh, so Tim Schaefer. People and, uh... <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm a straight-up generic nerd boy. Yeah. In, my head, in my head, I sound totally like, oh, I don't know, I was a good one. But now I know what I sound like. Yeah, you do. Hi. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> No, I, I was just going to say that you are, well, you're the one who originated this, con this, this comment, which is that in sort of classic adventure games, you know, we don't have an inventory. Like the dolls, you know, we didn't have time to build an inventory and a million objects and large lands to travel and all and things to get them. And so we sort of really pushed ourselves to make the dolls as the only object, the only verb, the only characters. Mm -hmm. And um, part of that says so the limitation of time. But then I think it also um, pushed us in a direction to sort of in some ways, have a, a very new take on adventure games. And something you and I talk about a lot. Yeah, yeah, the, the, just the design being so focused. Because I remember when we first, when we first did Russian Dolls, it was still going to be, at one point, a platformer. It was going to be, like, moon round environment was going to be part of the puzzles, and there was still combat. Yeah, we did. In my head. Because, like, there's this thing about you would separate the dolls and put them back together in different combinations, and what was the interface for that, yeah. and they'd help you fight people and stuff like that. And then just took all that stuff out, and it made it much better, which is a great lesson for... For game design, because you think it's like, oh, the game's gonna be too simple. Like when I first heard that, like what it came down to by the time you did the Amnesia Fortnite project, I thought that's gonna be too simple. But then it allows the game, because all games grow after you, you know, start them. They always end up bigger than they were when they started. So you start out smaller and something that seems like it's gonna be too simple, and it grows to, to fill the space, but in a, in a way that's not completely scary and out of control. So you can start too big. Yes. And it just. I think actually that's a really common problem. Yeah. You, you start too big, and I think you, it's hard to. And then you spend a lot of the project trying to shave stuff away to figure out what the um, the heart of the project is, as opposed to starting simple and growing it. Tim's question. Oh, this is gonna be exciting. This is the best one. Do we have to answer this one? Yes. No, mine's more of a uh, behind the scenes technical thing. 
Uh, name something from a previous Double Fine game that was repurposed for use in stacking. Something hidden or at least not obvious that people wouldn't notice when they're playing the game. Fun fact time. Do, 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 Key. That was extra music there. Key, in your gameplay programming, did you steal anything from the previous Double Fine game? Tons were stolen. What did you steal? Well, the engine is the same engine. So, like, what we ended up doing was... The dolls themselves are, um, they, they, they use the same tech as the, the cars and the co-ops and well, the combined attacks from... They're called Real double Legend. team attacks. Yes, double. They're called double team attacks. They were called co-ops for most of our just, production. We don't, that's okay. That's a, hey, that's part of that behind the scenes. People are like, oh <laughs> man, I gotta start that, I gotta put that in the Wikipedia. Double teams were once called co-ops. So it was, it was a lot of the tech kind of behind the scenes of like, um, aligning characters and like having one character possess another character and driving the other one because the the game's all about like having the dolls from kind of a lower size um, go into the other one the animation fitting right the the alignment fitting right and the input being passed in from the doll that you were controlling before to the new doll that you're controlling after um, so a lot of stuff that you know got stripped out from from the brutal code but a lot of it was pretty much there I mean same thing with the the dialogue code that I mentioned, like a lot of the dialogue code was pretty much, pretty much the same. But you're saying I never thought so. When you when you were jumping into another doll, it's essentially Eddie jumping into the Deuce. Yes, the exact same code and yes. all that stuff. Yes. Okay, Keith. Levi. <laughs> I played Psychonauts and I started the company, and it was pretty much my favorite game. So, like, in order to associate myself with Psychonauts, <laughs> I uh, put Raz's uh, stripes on Levi, the little hobo. What? Oh, Wait, hold on. Let me get out really? of this little doll here. I did not know that. What you, what? I thought you said scarf. Yeah, he's got a scarf. Striped scarf. Those are Raz's oh. stripes. Oh. Wait, so the striped scarf is is Raz's sweater? Mm-hmm. So Levi the Hobo killed Raz, took his sweater, and made, made a scarf Made it into a scarf. It? Yeah. That's dark. Just stay warm. Times are tough. Yeah. He's a hobo. In these economic <laughs> times. But why do you assume it's killed? He could have bartered. Well, how do you get a sweater off a young boy without killing him? Well, yeah. ooh. a family game. For <laughs> the whole family. In, in the game, That's though. A, that is a great little fun fact, because now I'm looking at this, and I see that I see the young boy that this hobo killed. That's nice. <laughs> All right. Did, Thank did you. Leave the goggles in there. Too? Oh well, Lee pointed out the outfit system, uh, which is what we use for the dolls to make um, a, a little bit of work look like a lot, which is something that is really for me. <laughs> and uh, that means that I can do like a face and a body texture, and uh, we also have accessories we put on the doll that uh, give them awesome hats. And uh, what else do we have? Yeah, they have all sorts of things. Like sometimes they have boxing gloves or white gloves. Random or things we put on them, yeah. and um, we have outfit files that you can edit that will switch those things up randomly and make just a few things into a lot of different variations on them. And that goes like a long way. And that came from Brutal. In um, when we started getting a lot of people on screen, you were like, "Wait, why do all these headbangers look like exactly the same?" And it got kind of weird. And you were like, "Okay, this is like..." And now they have a lot, there's a lot of inbreeding going on in the headbangers and metal. So yeah, now they have like, different skin tone and they wear different yeah. headbands and yeah. had different tattoos. And the best them. thing that came from that was the one that Raz designed that was down on the beach. That's a what? It's the best what? outfit we designed. What's yeah. that? The headbangers. Oh, the um, the, the one in all white with the the, the gold male pendant. Yeah. Hey, was that based on anyone you know? Oh, he had like a he had a John Waters mustache too. I think oh, that yeah. was yeah. I think that was. <laughs> 
think that was Raz's chest hair. So wait, the dolls in Snacking have random... They don't have random outfits, though. Yeah, uh, the, uh, not some, the unique dolls, but the non-unique dolls yeah. have some randomization yeah. to the outfits. No, so that makes it into one kajillion dolls? One kajillion. That's a better answer, then. Okay, Lee, yeah. what is your answer to something you repurposed? Uh, well, this is a, a pretty specific thing, but uh, one of the... Uh, in Brutal Legend, uh, one of the, the art production tasks I worked on was um, the giant school pile in the start of the game and I modeled the a corpse pile. the corpse pile sorry Tim's very specific about there were some things. legs in that thing there were some legs in this thing and uh, uh, I modeled a skull um, an individual skull that could be placed as a little object and I think those wind up also being the, the, the model that we use in all the breakable skull piles throughout the game so that little skull uh, I modeled um, turned out uh, we also put a version of that into the hand there's a Shakespearean male actor who does a poor Yorick type of monologue and um his name is Donald Capulet. He's in stacking, and he holds that same skull model. It's retextured to be more in the style of stacking, but it's the same model. So that's Done. my... I reuse something very specific <laughs> to save me probably 30 minutes of time. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we also put that into the mine cart? The oh, yeah, area? yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a little mine cart shaft area, and it's got some uh, little doll skulls uh, in there. It was a little hidden thing, and they have that, it's that same brutal looking skull. We're just going to drag that skull through all our games now. It's it is. a new seagull from Loom. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, I don't Wait, even know if I can... Stacking dolls have skulls? Well, that was a joke. It was like, it... it oh! Yeah. Now you get it. Oh, yeah. The, one of the cards... I get, I get she jokes good. Have skulls. They're, <laughs> where do their organs live? Are they in this little layer of wood? I think there's a thin layer shell, of... Their yeah, exoskeleton? Yeah, yeah. We actually do have a doll anatomy chart yeah. somewhere in the stacking game where it indicates theoretical organs that don't we exist. We are giving away so much good stuff. It's like I know. Don't have to buy it. There's little hidden things. <laughs> yeah, of course they would do. I, I don't know if I can answer that because I didn't work on the game directly. I didn't repurpose anything. Let me think, oh, you know what, all my marketing, all my uh, press answers are the same as I used in uh, World Legend. That, like the sacking was a heavy metal fantasy you thought of holding <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I did find myself using a, um, an answer in our long New York press thing that we did. I used a Brutal, a brutal Legend answer to one of the questions. Do you remember which one it was? I'm really old. I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember anything. Jack Black was great to work with on stacking. <laughs> yeah. He is. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move into Levi's question, fourth and the greatest question. I love this question. Levi, ask your question. Oh, um, how has Double Fine changed during your time here, gentlemen? I added gentlemen in there. Do you like that? That's good. That's good. Who is, let's start with the youngest. No, who's been here the least amount of time? Ooh, probably me. Yeah. I was here before you. Oh, yeah. oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to have learned so much less. It clearly has made less of an impact. I've been here for a little over three years. Uh, November was my three anniversary, so three years. Oh, an anniversary. Yeah. Okay. It was a quiet anniversary where I congratulated myself. Tim gave me a look of scorn. I announced it in the meeting. Uh, well, I mean, the, obviously the big difference that I will steal this answer uh, is that uh, you know, we went from working on a big game to a bunch of small games. And... Um, I think that was it's a big shift in the company because when I started here it you know was you know 50 plus people all working on the same project and um, it was you know like a lot of teams this generation it was big enough that you most of your day-to-day -day interaction was maybe people within your discipline and you talk to other disciplines but I think with the um, for me the biggest is on, on a social level is this is this the fact that when you work on these small teams you're working more cross-disciplinary than you otherwise would have on a big team and I really enjoy that I really enjoy working with um, 
uh, des design and programming and art and animation and uh, all that on a day-to-day -day basis so it's not just um, within one discipline. I think it gives you kind of a broader view of the game process and uh, I think that's interesting. Good answer. Levi? Um, well, I, yeah, I started as an intern, so I'm not an intern anymore. Well, that's, well, that's not, not officially. Mean, <laughs> I still yeah. act like one, right? You still get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to get paid. And, uh, well, um, yeah, I guess the company has grown a good amount since... I guess I've been here for five years now. Five years, so... Uh, starting in Brutal was like my first time working on a video game, so... Uh, that was like five years of work, and then... They're all like that. That's what I thought. They all go five that's years what I, they, That's it's what they, totally kept, normal. they kept telling me that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, moving into the sm these smaller projects, it's definitely a bunch of fresh air coming in from just uh, seeing different processes going on at the same time. Like, one group is working on something, going over and visiting people and not knowing what they're doing, but checking in and seeing what other people have been working on in another project is pretty awesome because it... People have been really making a lot of headway as like the smaller groups, and uh, that's really awesome change. I think um, getting to actually get shifted around onto different projects is really cool too, because uh, all of them are doing such different art styles right now. That as an artist, uh, I spent a couple weeks on Costume Quest and did a bunch of the battle characters and. It was, I mean, they're not shaped like stacking dolls. And I had been looking at stacking dolls for like an entire year, and I was just like blown away. I was like, oh my God, these are not stacking dolls. And <laughs> I'm doing materials on them. My life has changed so much. <laughs> and then I went back to playing with dolls again. And uh, yeah, that was cool. But easier. it was refreshing to come back. It was like coming back to my, my family of yeah, dolls. These in the room. <laughs> you don't know how many dolls I look at. <laughs> it's dolls all day. Kichi. Um, well, I started in 2002. You're old. You were here at Clara Street. Yes, I was here at Clara Street. So some of the stuff that I've changed is uh, we have air conditioning in the office. No, that's nice. Oh. It's, uh, really nice. Air oh. it's really nice. It's really nice. How about the heat? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's warm. Uh, and uh, bathrooms are usable like 100% of the time. That is whatever. You're so spoiled. Let's say 90%. You're so <laughs> spoiled. Yeah. If C-Pack's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I wouldn't call that usable. <laughs> we don't follow the Taco Bell crowd. And uh, let's see. Um, we don't uh, park our cars inside the building yes. anymore. Less carbon monoxide poisoning. That's he had a leaky. That doesn't happen anymore. The day he had the leaky gas tank, we were all just getting headaches at our desk, didn't know why, and some of us were like passing out. We're like, "What's going on?" And then we realized there's a gas leak. Yeah, we have more space. My answer would evolve more about just that we know what we're doing now. That has changed. You know, you didn't realize at the time like how much we didn't know what we were doing when we started, and luckily we didn't realize that because we thought we knew everything. Because you wouldn't have started, right? Yeah, we totally wouldn't have started. <laughs> <laughs> oh my You're god! Like, it takes no how idea. much work to. Yeah, this, uh, I wish though I could go back and it would have been so much easier knowing what I know now about mm. how to make games. Well, Key's got that time machine in his question. That's true. That you can borrow. <laughs> so, what do you need a question for? But I just remember I used to have this anxiety, like I had nightmares about the game because it was just so there was so much of a difference between the very early days, like what I imagined Psychonauts to look like, and then what it looked like in the beginning. Because I was like, we can't even just have a character standing on the floor without falling through it. Like, what, ah, it was like so hard to make anything, and. uh now, and not that it seems so easy, but we have these four games going on where it's like, the, you know, all these basic issues about uh, 
basic game production are, are, are solved and the the problems are all like unique to that game not like basic like all that stuff we didn't know but I'll probably look back on this time as like oh we were so stupid then I don't know if we have time for the mailbag maybe I'll just grab uh one wait I'll do the music for it mailbag is awesome and we're gonna do the okay that was short but I put a lot more energy into it yeah it was, that was worth waiting for yeah Okay, how about, um, Kate's? What's it? Kate's. K-A-T-E-Z. Catties. Yeah, it could be Catties. When creating the characters for your games, do you give them minor personality aspects, such as favorite foods, hobbies, etc., even if they're unlikely to ever come up? And this person maybe either does know or does not know about the fake Friendster pages for all the Psychonauts characters. The, the Psychonauts characters each has their own, let's call it a social networking profile page, okay. but it was for Friendster because this is back in... 2000 and nothing and so um yeah so we filled out these you know profile pages for every character saying what their favorite band is the only thing i remember is that uh chloe the she's the one that's really into the uh aliens yes god it's been so long see this is the forgetting thing she's really into hardcore rap i don't i don't think it ever came up in the game but that's definitely in her profile that she's super into hardcore rap and aliens so yeah, we do all that stuff, and I think it's really important to make a backstory for all your characters, and also not to share it too much, because I think a lot of games, or a lot of writing, people come up with these backstories, and then they tell it all to you. Here's my backstory. I came up with this awesome backstory. I think those things, because you don't develop them as much as you develop the actual story, they're never as good as you think they are, so you, you make the backstory, and then you just kind of, I think, build a wall, and then put some windows in the wall, and like let them peek at the backstory through these little windows, and they, they imagine a whole bunch, a much bigger story than is actually there, because they just got these little peeks at it. You know what I'm saying? Were you writing that down? Because that was awesome. Little, I was recording. Little holes into the story. Do you guys have anything, like, do you add little, when you do drawings, I'm sure you come up with little stories. I know Peter Chan is like, well, drawings, like, where does this character go to the bathroom? And then add Well, it's that. kind of scary for me, because I'm, every day I'm, like, doing a, a few of the dolls, and I've been doing them for a long time, and you start looking at these little faces that start poking out at you, and you're, like, starting to, you do the little outline on them, and then you start giving them some skin color, and then all of a sudden you're like, this guy would say something to me. And then I have a few layers in my Photoshop files that are little speech bubbles coming off of these guys, and, like, halfway through finishing the texture, you can probably, they're checked in. You can probably find them. see them now. They're these little speech bubbles coming off of these little textures, because I draw the whole thing from top to bottom on a Photoshop file, and, like, what kind of I'll be like, what is this guy going to, this guy's ready to say something, he's all like, I live... I live in a shack down by the river, or something like that. Like totally ridiculous. Just like I think that, that means you've drawn something that's good that you like. Like when I'm watching dailies or I'm watching animation, I can always tell, or people can always tell if I like something if I'm saying they're making sound effects the whole time. Like, mm -hmm. like the and there are my sound effects right there. That's like a sign that I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone want to say anything? Cut I wrote some backstory out. for uh, stacking and the characters based on Tim's recommendation. Mm -hmm. We. Like we met early on, um, Tim and I, and some of the other project leads, and talked a bit about some of the techniques Tim uses to develop backstories. So I had written some backstories for, um, mainly for Charlie, Charlie uh, Blackmore, the main character, stacking, and all of his family, and his sisters and brothers, and his mom and dad. And so I sort of developed like just like there's some there's a lot of little things that barely show up in the game, but I guess I could share one of them. Like one of them is just that. Tim, give me a look. I'm not sharing it. No, please. No. Don't look about it. Uh, no, just, well, so, like, Charlie's name is obviously Charlie Blackmore, and all of his sisters are, like, 
Albert and Ag Agatha and Abigail and Archibald. Yeah, what is the they all start with A's, and his mom's name is Agnes, and his his dad's name is William, and so like which is Bill. So if you actually look at it, like in the backstory, like William, all of his family names they all start with B. So his like mother and father start with B. And are you gonna say this is alphabetical? Yeah, yeah. So like. So Agnes, uh, her that's Charlie's mother, they all start with A. And so like they compromised on Charlie and settled with a C. But she went her way with all the other kids. That which is, is crazy. Little, I never would have... Never which is a little, like, a little subtle thing because... like, And Charlie's middle name, which you, which you learn about late in the game, when he's talking to his mom, it starts with an A. So you realize that she actually won the fight. Because like, it's sort of a subtle, like, who wears the pants in the family. And you sort of look at like all the mom... The mom is a supporting figure, but she's also the one you see more screen time. And all the kids are named after her mm-hmm. preference. And then you find out Charlie's middle name at the end. And you're like, oh, the mom even won that, that compromise battle because Charlie's middle name starts with an A. I didn't know that, but I totally sensed that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, one more question. This is about company business from Ace Fox. Not regular Fox, crummy Fox. This is Ace Fox. Will the Double Fine store be getting any more DF hoodies? They're all out of mediums and larges. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite sizes. Mediums and large? Yeah. Do you fluctuate between the two of them? Depending on... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, like... Whether he's attracting Mondays a mate or not. Thursdays. Did you know? If Levi's on the prowl, he wears the medium. It's kind of like a belly shirt. Levi's trolling again. We are going to make new hoodies. We need to make new hoodies, because a lot of you new guys don't even have any hoodies. Do you have a hoodie? I have several. I thought we'd never... like you give them to the employees, Tim. Let's talk about that. I did, one year before you were here. <laughs> I know. We had, we had two hoodies, the, the blue one and then the old black one. Real old timers got the pullover black hoodie yes. with the double fine babies printed slightly to the side. <laughs> <laughs> we were using this printer that was all ex-cons because we were like, well, how about the ex-cons? And they printed them all to the side. Oh. And a license no one wears that pullover hoodie anymore. Ours is mine. It's warm. Yeah, it was important because we didn't have heat in the old office. <laughs> uh, but we're making some new hoodies. But if you want to suggest colors, please... Uh, what should you do? You can post it in the forums, or maybe you could just Twitter contact uh, ye old DF Shoppy and tell them what color hoodie you would like. Because we have like 900 different color variations, and they're all kind of running out of stock. And so, I think we have one 2XL in pink or something like that. No one wants to wear a big pink hoodie, I guess. Okay, people have stopped laughing, so we're gonna <laughs> yeah. stop the podcast now. We're afraid to laugh. Lee has drawn like a million pictures on his notes page, so. I'm just gonna wrap it up. Does anyone want to say anything awesome about stacking before we leave? I think stacking is awesome. I think Tim should say something awesome about stacking. Because if uh, Levi or here or I say something, it'll just seem like. Well, Levi can talk about how great the programming is. Oh, for That's true. That's true. <laughs> and if we don't announce another game soon, I don't know what the next topic for the Action Cast is gonna be. Do you guys have any suggestions for Action Cast topics? How about short people? We'll just have a cast of short people. That's right. We could have progressively tall people and make it a stacking theme podcast. How about, yeah, just tall people okay. in the... Oh, wait. That kind of... It's kind of gross. So we have like five people and they're of uh, ascending sizes. And by the time five people have stacked into Greg, he can't say anything because he's silent today. <laughs> <laughs> this has oh, been the Double Fine ah. Action Cast. Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs>